Look to the Word of God in Psalm 81. Let's read Psalm 81 responsively as a congregation, which means I will read the first verse and I invite you to read every alternate verse thereafter. The words, you can look in your Bible, it'll also be on the screen. Psalm 81, there's 16 verses in this psalm. Psalm 81, read responsively. I'll go first. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt, where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah, Selah. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken unto my voice, and Israel would none of me. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies, and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. Father God, thank you for all 31,000 plus verses, sentences that you have cared to write to us by your Holy Spirit in various forms, whether they be songs or prophecy or history or letters, Lord God. We thank you for all of it and we want to receive your word in our hearts. We pray now, God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would take what you've spoken in the past and apply it to our hearts today and just use it uh, to, to build us up so we would be the church that you want us to be for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 81. Uh, 
best I could tell, God wanted me to preach on this today. I don't know why. I don't come before you feeling like some dutiful pastor with some uh, thing that I've been researching for a month or something like that. So I just got to come with the word of God, read it, comment on it, explain it a little bit, and let God do the rest. That's about, that's about all I can offer you today. Uh, but um, I think by God's grace that ought to be enough. <clears throat> Uh, he knows, of course, we all need to hear it, but maybe there may be some in particular to whom this is especially pertinent right now. I don't know. So let's just look at this psalm. It's a song. These, this is the old-time songbook of Israel. Um, so, so the content is in kind of poetic, lyrical kind of style, um, but it still communicates the truth of God. So in this uh, this this psalm, and I don't know what your Bible calls it, my Bible, this Bible says God's goodness to Israel. What does your Bible have as a heading there? God's plea for Israel's obedience. God's plea for Israel's obedience. Any, any, anyone else? God's goodness. God's goodness to Israel. We had that one already. God's goodness and Israel's waywardness. God's goodness and Israel's waywardness. Anybody else? Sing to the Lord. Somebody else have another one in their Bible? We know we've got so many kinds of Bibles these days. We're going to have anybody else? I think I looked on one of my other Bibles, the one I don't have with me, and it talked about um, would Israel listen to him? Were they going to listen? So it's kind of hard just to um, summarize a psalm in a heading, in one heading. Um, this... This psalm's interesting because it starts with a, an emphatic summon to celebration. Then it talks about what God's people should be celebrating. And then it kind of switches and it's kind of like, hey, while I've got your attention, I want to remind you of something. And that's, that's about the content of it. In this case, the reminder that God wanted to give was a reminder not to be distracted, not to be distracted, not to wander off to false hopes, because if you do, you're going to miss a lot of what I want to touch down on planet Earth, and that's kind of what he had in the last four verses we read together. So let's just look at these different sections and just look, see what God's saying here, and like I said, let, let Holy Spirit do the rest. But in verses 1 through 5, we have this... Uh, uh, we have this kind of summons to celebration, if you want to call it that. We, we are summoned to celebrate. We actually have something to sing about yes. as Christian people. Hey, you can't take your first step into the kingdom of God without having something huge to celebrate. The fact that you've heard him, he's called you and he's saved you. Because that's the first step in the kingdom right there. And it's enough hey, you know, I don't know if anybody's got a little kind of uh, thank the Lord, praise the Lord, daily thankful list. A couple of us started doing it about eight years ago or so where we, we wrote a list of 31 things and so that for every day of the month, we had something to praise God for, right? So for example, today's the first day of the month 
And on the first day of the month, of course, I praise God for Jesus Christ, because he needs to be number one, but also praise God for uh, Jennifer Lynn Farmer as well. So that, those two things I praise God for on the first day of the month. Um, but, you know, if we, like, lost our thankful list, or we were having a really uh, kind of one of those bad mental days that you have when your brain just doesn't work at all, do you ever have days like that? Hey, guess what? It's really easy to figure out what to praise God for. He saved you. Amen. That I mean, if you had nothing else to praise God for, if you had nothing else in your life, every single day you could praise God that you're not going to spend eternity in hell and that you get to know him and walk with him free from sin and free from bondage to sin. And actually, he goes on to speak about that here. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Um, God's just so extravagant. I mean, that we get to, we don't just get to say it in words, but we can say it with a melody as well, you know, like we, like we sang this morning. And, and we, you could even get pretty fired up about it and raise your voice a little bit. Now, um, I don't know if that word allowed in the, in the biblical context, I don't know if you could use that as justification for 110 decibels, Lisa. I know, I know we've had some situations with 110 decibels. Because uh, I don't know that they had anything that could make 110 decibels back then. But you can, you can get loud. There's definitely a place for that. And it's, uh, and it's uh, within its proper boundaries. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto God. It's exciting just to have something to uh, celebrate. Um, you know, God is looking for people to worship him. It says it. It says it in John's gospel. Um, when the woman in the well was debating Jesus about this mountain or that mountain, he's like, God is seeking worshippers, people that will give him the praise and the honor and the glory. Um, he needs it. We need it. He wants it. And he's extravagant about it. Um, but the neat thing is here in Psalm 81, there's this kind of summons. And of course, Israel, they had these appointed feast days. And uh, the commentators are kind of divided on exactly what feast day this psalm may have been referring to. I mean, it mentions in verse 5, um, you know, deliverance from Egypt, which would be the Passover. Um, but they had other days in the year, the Feast of Trumpets, whatever it was, or the, the, the New Year, the Civil and the Religious New Year, and all these appointed times. And what interests me is it says, this he ordained, verse 5, in Joseph for a testimony, um, no, I'm sorry, verse 4. This was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. That in the Old Testament, there was literally a written law. On these days, you will praise God. We could actually probably do with a little bit more of that today. But... Here's the trick. We were talking last week about Old Covenant, New Covenant, and I was saying, do you have, like, New Covenant issues? Everybody's like, no, 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 no. I'm fully New Covenant Christian and all that. And I'm like, well, if you, if you have this, 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 and this, then you have New Covenant issues. If you have guilt, you have New Covenant issues. And we kind of went into that last week. It's on YouTube if you want to review it. But right here, he said, in the Old Covenant, they needed to have a law to tell them to praise God. Should we need that anymore? Should we have to wake up on Sunday morning and think to myself, oh man, I've got to go to church today. I guess I've got to praise God. Oh well, 
uh, better be a good, dutiful person and go praise God, I guess. What is somewhere it says in one of the Psalms, in the, in the day of his power, his troops will be what? Willing. Willing. That's the new covenant. He's put his law in our hearts. It's like, man, I get to praise God today. I'm going to praise God every day, walking down the street or in my prayer closet. But on Sundays, the day appointed for the church of Jesus Christ, I get to go praise God with a whole bunch of other people. Well, kind of try and stop me. Try and stop me. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a law anymore. Although I, I do believe it's a, it's, there's a Christian precedent for that. But it should just be flowing out of our hearts. And, and if not, then it just gives us a little kind of indicator. Hey, do a checkup from the neck up and in the heart because there could be something going on there if you're not bursting to praise him. He can help us. Um, so so there, ha there was this call to come and celebrate. We're still called to be a celebrating people. We've got a lot to celebrate, a lot to be fired up about. We don't need to be forced into it anymore. Hey, we just we, we want to do it all the time. But then he goes on in verses uh, 6 and 7, and he talks about um, what, who and what we celebrate, and I mentioned this already, if you can't find anything else to praise God for, if you're having the worst day of your life, if terrible things are happening, and that happens, right? Yes. That happens. He saved us. Yes. You know? It's like Pastor Schultze said to the devil on that boat across the English Channel. Remember that from Pastor Schultze's life, life story? He's, he... he um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. How did that go? He, 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 was, he was dry heaving in the English Channel on a ferry across the English Channel and he, and he was a new believer and he said, you devil, if I have to spend the rest of my life in hell, I'm going to praise God until you spit me out again. And let's be real people. We all have bad days. Sometimes we have bad weeks, bad months, bad years. And I've been in three-month bad mood, moods before where I'm like, you know what? Even if I'm miserable for the rest of my life, I'm going to praise God and thank him for everything that he gave me, even if I'm miserable because he is worthy. So yeah, even it goes on as if you have to, but it does go on to specify in verses 6 and 7 who and what we're praising and celebrating. I removed his, um, his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. This, of course, was referring specifically to ancient uh, Israel in Egypt when they were slaves. Such a powerful symbol of, of our salvation, isn't it? God knows how to paint a picture. He doesn't have to use a brush. He cannot ordain history to paint a picture. And to know that those children of Israel were, were literally slaves with taskmasters, with nothing but slavery and servitude every day of their lives. That's what we were like when we served sin. And um, it says in verse 7, Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah. It's almost like God loves to do that, isn't it? You know, go ahead, ask me to do something. I love it. I love to save. I love to deliver. Even though there may be some testing involved, you know, they came to the, sometimes there has to be, as it refers to the waters of Meribah. So, so yeah, we have, we're called to worship, we're called to praise. We've got a God that is worthy of worship and praise and he's done miracles in our lives. Even if, it's, even if today, even if you gave your heart to Jesus last night, you've got, a, you've got a universe to praise God for for the rest of your life without anything else that he's going to do for the rest of your life, but he will. Um, so then he turns another corner in this song 
and in verse 8, hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee. Now, that word is alternatively rendered in other places, warn or admonish. Okay? Now, praise and thanksgiving is always a good place to start when you want to tune in to God, right? And you want to just get out the white noise of the busyness of life and the distractions and just kind of buckle down and say, now, what is God saying? So that's what, that's, what, um, that's what they're doing here. Okay, now that you're praising me, now that you're tuned in, now that I've got your attention, I've got, I want to warn you. I want to admonish you, which uh, means to literally put, get us in the right frame of mind. Remember that commandment in verse 9? Remember that commandment, people? There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shall thou worship any strange God. Don't want you to forget that, people, God says. Now that I got you praising and worshiping, you know, it's one thing to get all praise and worship, have a great time, praise the Lord, hallelujah. God's like, <clears throat> I want you to remember a few things when you go from this place. And in this case, he brings up this subject. I guess it was called idolatry. Um, we have a hard time identifying with that today in our society because we don't have literal, um, you know, images like they do in some nations today but there's plenty of gods in America there's plenty of things that give us hope which is a false hope which we put our hope in and plenty of things that we run after plenty of things that we spend our time our finances and our energy and our thoughts on which is where our hope is centered that are are not and is not Jesus Christ himself and knowing him. There's plenty of things like that in America today. Um, but he, he, said, he said, now, while, while I've got your attention, let's just think about this for a second, people. Uh, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Don't forget that now. That's where your hope needs to be. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. You just look for about as much as me as you can get your hands on and I will give it to you and it will, I will satisfy you. You don't have to have your hope in other places. It's kind of like getting distracted, getting distracted from God, getting distracted by the busyness of the world, the things of the world, the things the world put their hopes in. Uh, verse 11 and 12. Um, but my people would not hearken to my voice. Here's one of the key the key statements in this psalm. In psalms, he'll um, help you to understand when you, when you read a psalm, there can be various throwaway statements and various background and things going on, but a lot of times it'll, it'll crescendo to one statement. It'll be like, here's the one thing I wanted to say. This is all building up and this is all reaffirming, but here's the one, here's the punchline, okay? Well, these psalms have punchlines like that. But my people would not hearken unto my voice and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up to their own harsh lusts and they walked uh, in their own counsels. Apparently, and we, we know this from reading the Old Testament, that uh, God's very chosen people, uh, the law was not in their hearts and his spirit was not inside of them and a stony heart that they had. They did not have a heart of flesh given by God and the spirit of God. And because of that, they constantly, it was idolatry, idolatry, idolatry. You know, we asked about what were the days of Elijah? You know, it was 
yeah, it was, it was governmental oppression, but it was also idolatry in Israel. I mean, Israel's whole history is a history of idolatry. As soon as they got started with God, they were, they were worshiping other gods, putting their hope in other things, and it's just basically all the way through the, the whole of the Old Testament. It was like the key sin of Israel was idolatry. So God's like, while well, I got your attention, remember, please remember, don't have any other hopes. Don't get distracted from me by anything. Because thank God that although idolatry was the sin, some may say, of Israel of old in the Old Testament, um, thank God that we're not like them, right? Yes and no. I mean, as I said, again, what we said last week, we are under a new covenant that is inside of us. So we have a new heart and we have a new spirit inside of us. Um, so we have that inbred willingness once the Spirit of God has done a work in our hearts. But apparently, um, even the, the church of Jesus Christ, uh, the, 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 the full Israel of today, is, is not totally immune to idolatry either, is she? Have you ever met a Christian that's gotten distracted? Ever met someone who claims that Jesus Christ has literally saved them from eternity in hell. That's their claim, right? So, but over here, their lives are saying something totally different. Their lives are saying, my number one priority is to be successful in my career. My number one priority is to be successful in education, is to get the educational quote. My number one priority is fill in the blanks. So is it still an issue in the church today? I think, yeah, we, ha we, have a, we ought to have a head start on this deal because God's spirit's inside of us. It ought to be different from the exact context of this psalm, but it's still an issue, isn't it? All the powers of hell want to deceive us. That's, that's what gave idols their power. You know that, don't you? It was demons. It was the same demons that say, Hey, this is exciting. See this area that you're into now? This is really going to fulfill you. Career, a relationship, money, children, family, whatever it is, fill in the blank. And, the, and when you get interested, the things, the demons swoop in and they tell you, oh, this is, this is awesome. You love this. You get as much of this as you can. And if their guard is not, we're like, yeah, that's right. This is really cool. I love this. So God's like, hey, while you're worshiping, just let me just whisper something in your ear. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted from the spirit of God. Don't get distracted from the kingdom of God because God says is truly the only thing that will satisfy. Because um, what happens is, and it shows here, is that our ears get hardened. What's God saying to you right now? What's God saying to you this season of, in your life? What's God saying to you this week or this month that is the focus that he has for you? Hey, this is where I'm leading you. This is where you need to focus on life right now. This is what I'm calling you to. What is the Spirit of God saying? Um, but when we get away from that mentality of worship, the ears get harder and the voices of the false hopes shout louder. We're more susceptible to them. And then the way that this psalm finishes uh, is, 
it talks about the, um, the consequences of being spiritually distracted from God, led astray by false hopes. And it starts in verse 13 with an O. It's not the only time in the Bible that there's an O. The O of God. Isn't that something? It's, uh, is there a name, Lisa, for that kind of a word, which is just kind of like the, it's the enunciation of a, almost like an emotion? The O of God. Isn't that amazing? He's going to start talking about the consequences. Are these consequences that God wants? He's like, oh, oh, that there was a heart in them that they would keep my commandments and obey them always. Oh, that my people had listened to me. And Israel had walked in my ways. Verse 14. And he talks about what could have happened, what could have been, right? <clears throat> One of my goals on planet Earth, look at me now, everyone. I don't know how you've thought about this in your Christian life. I think when we get to judgment day, by God's grace and by God's keeping power, hallelujah, we're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it says that no flesh will glory in his presence. I think every single one of us will have the revelation in that moment that it was his grace alone that got us in. We're not going to be like, oh, I just did, I did a great job with that. Thanks, God. Um, we're going to be like, we, we, we're, I, I think it's going to be a scary moment, just for an instant, where, where I'll be like, I, right now I have the assurance of the Holy Spirit that I'm his child and I'm going to be with him. But I think on that day when I see him, I might, I might wonder for a second. And then finally, when, when, he's, when he says, enter into my rest, I'll be like, whew. And it's going to be like that, just praising him and him alone forever. But one of the things, maybe there's going to be like a little room. Saying, Come on in, my good and faithful servant. But um, check this out. That's what could have been. This is the room or the cavern or the cave or the warehouse of what could have been, of what I wanted to bring down to planet earth through you, there's the O of God. Because God wants to do it. For who? For himself and his glory. And you get the blessing of being part of it. But for himself and his glory. There's the O of God. This, in the last few sections, it shows you the coulda, woulda, shoulda. The things that could have been, that should have been, that would have been. If we just stay and praise and keep our ears attentive and don't get distracted by false hopes, uh, I, sh I, I should soon have subdued their enemies. Those besetting sins, those challenges that we all face in life, those things in our own personal lives, that God, he has the power to take us through them, for us to overcome them and put them behind us. But we carry them with us all of our lives and never overcome them. Because we get distracted. The haters of God should have submitted themselves unto him uh, let me give you this rendering. Had, verse 15, Amplified said, had Israel listened to me, this is another benefit of not being distracted, then those who hated the Lord would have come cringing before him and their defeat would have lasted forever. 
I think today, um, if so 14 and 15 could be summarized in God granting victory over internal and external enemies and challenges, right? Whether there are our own struggles, temptations, past situations that the power of God wants to bring us through and deliver us from fully, or whether it's the enemies of God, which today are demons who have sworn rebellion against Almighty God and some people. But we won't know who these are until after they're dead. So I don't go there with people. Demons of hell, okay? God said he would have taken care of internal challenges and external enemies. And then 16, miraculous, wonderful, God-glorifying provision. He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock. Should I have satisfied thee? If Israel had listened and not been distracted by false hopes and things that allure and tempt us to having some kind of meaning in life, some kind of satisfaction in life other than Jesus Christ. It's about all I have. It's a simple song. It's a reminder to come and to praise out of a willing heart. And while you're at it, listen. Listen to this warning. Pay attention. Don't get distracted. Father, we're just so thankful to be able to worship you, to be able to be summoned and called to celebrate and worship you. We sure do want to have ears to hear, Lord. We don't want to miss anything less. Here's that, here's that goal. Here's that mission and purpose statement. Not to settle for anything less than 100% of what God has for himself and for the world through us, right? By not being distracted. Lord, we cast ourselves upon you for your gracious assistance and not being distracted in any way from your presence, from your goals and purposes and what you're saying to us as we worship and praise you. Thank you, God, for your honor and glory. Amen.